mean, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Amen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Amen. This morning, I want to preach to you on this subject, now faith. Amen. Why don't we lay down our Bibles and ask the Lord to help us. Amen. For the duration of this service, open our minds, open our hearts. Let's all pray together if we can do that. Thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness, for your mercy on me, God. I thank you for your grace. Thank you for the liberty of the Holy Ghost. God, I thank you for your faithfulness, God, towards me. I pray that you would minister to those in this house, minister to myself. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty, God. I want to hear from you today in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Why don't we clap our hands to the Lord one more time before we're seated this morning. God, we worship. Magnify your name. Amen, amen. You can be seated this morning. Amen. Paul, in his letters, often uh, deals with the subject of faith. He's, of course, not the only one. Faith is a basic necessity for the child of God. Amen. And it, but particularly, I noticed a, a uh, thread, a common thread throughout his two epistles to Timothy, his son in the gospel. And, um, and so I want to focus in on those uh, two letters just in this introduction this morning. Amen. In his letters to Timothy, he identifies a gift that the Lord has given to him. And it wasn't just to, to him only, but also to his mother and to his grandmother. Amen. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 5 says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. I don't know what it was about Timothy, but he saw. But Apostle Paul, with his, uh, with his, in his early encounters with Timothy, realized that that gift that God had given to his grandmother and to his mother was also in existent inside of Timothy. Timothy exhibited attributes of faith early on in his walk with God, Amen. In his relationship with Apostle Paul, Amen. But I find it interesting in this passage of Scripture. We'll get. We'll dive into this a little bit deeper this morning. Amen. That Paul was starting to pick up on something within Timothy that perhaps Timothy allowed his faith uh, to be covered up by some things. Amen. To be suppressed or even calloused by some things. And I want to talk to you about that this morning. But I want to, before I get there, I want you to understand that the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. Romans chapter 11, verse 29. It's important that we understand when God puts us, puts something into us, that when God God calls us to a particular position or calling. When he gives us a gift, it's not going to be taken away from us. If he gives it to you, it's not going to be taken away. Amen. If he gives it to you, the devil can't take it away. Amen. The doubting minds can't take it away. Amen. The detractors can't take Nobody can take it away. The gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, but if it's possible for this man of God, a man of God who was pastoring, Timothy was a pastor of a New Testament church during Bible times while Apostle Paul was writing scripture, the very epistles that were written to Timothy became scripture at a later time. This man to whom these epistles and these letters were addressed, amen, allowed his faith, allowed his gift, amen, to become unused or to become dormant in his life. 
life. And so uh, um, I believe God has given individuals in this room special gifts, uh, and they are there. It doesn't matter, amen, how much doubt has crept into your mind, how many lies the enemy has told you. Uh, amen. The gifts are without repentance. Hallelujah. They're still there. Amen. But what, what, what is this, quote, unquote, unfeigned faith? What, is, what does it mean to have unfeigned faith? The word that is translated in the original as unfeigned uh, is also translated in other scriptures as dissimulation. You can read that in Romans chapter uh, 12, verse 9. Let love be without dissimulation. In other words, let love be unfeigned. Don't let there be fake love. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Well, we're, we're just getting started here this morning. Amen. And so, and then uh, Apostle Paul continues this thought in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 6, by pureness, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned. So uh, Paul in, in other epistles uh, identify that we must have love in an unfeigned way. And we're going we're, I'm, I'm to try to use these scriptures to get these contexts in your mind. Use these, uh, uh, if you remember in English class, context clues. When you read the passage around it, you understand uh, the definition of the word. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm going to give you some context clues uh, so you can understand what this word unfeigned means. Peter uh, touches on it in his uh, epistle in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 22 seeing ye have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren amen see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently love one another with a pure heart there we get a little context clue another definition amen as sort of an explanatory phrase in this passage uh, when he says unfeigned love in the next phrase he goes it's a love uh, for one another with a pure heart and it's fervent all right. Amen. In another passage, James uses this same original word, the same Greek word in James chapter three, verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. Notice pure. Then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. The word hypocrisy, the, the phrase without hypocrisy is that same Greek word. In each of these passages, we're looking at the same word. We're not looking at the same root word with derivatives. We're looking at the same exact word uh, in the original. And the word, the word means unfeigned, without hypocrisy, without dissimulation, or to hide under false appearance, to conceal the identity of it, to disguise or conceal under false pretense, to conceal one's true motives or thoughts. Um, and uh, to be undis to, to be uh, sorry to be disguised or sorry to be undisguised in order to, in order to be unfeigned you must be undisguised in order to be unfeigned you must be sincere so that's what the word means hopefully uh, I didn't bore you with that little detour amen but in Paul's Peter he's telling Timothy Timothy there's a, a genuine there's an authentic faith that's that's inside of you Amen. And then he goes on in, in Timothy chapter 1 verse 5. And this is the first epistle, of course, to Timothy. He kind of touches on it. He kind of sort of skims by it. 
And maybe with the hopes that Timothy would pick up on what he's saying and, and make some necessary adjustments. Listen to what he said in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart. You get that same feeling when he starts introducing this subject. There's a purity about it. There's a sincerity. There's a genuine nature about this. And he goes, and of unfeigned faith. Verse 6, from which ha some having swerved. As if to avoid some collision. I don't, that's, that's the image that this scripture evokes in my mind as I'm, as I'm going through, uh, uh, scripture. The other day I was driving, uh, here to the church and you get on 127th Street between Moonlight and, uh, Claire. And, and you get on that street and they, for some reason, don't know how to plow that road. And so it stacks up, I guess, because it's one of those back roads. But I like to use it a lot because it allows me to get home quicker. It's about a 10 minute drive from here. But, um, I got on the road and, and I started, uh, I started drifting towards one side, and I, so I tried to swerve. And, of course, it didn't help in that situation because there was ice on the ground. I didn't go off the road. I was going slow enough to save myself. Uh, amen. But that's the image that this scripture evokes in my mind is, is as if someone's driving in one direction, and then they make a turn. No longer are they interested in going this direction. And Apostle Paul is trying to warn Timothy in this first epistle saying, Hey man, you've got an unfeigned faith. You've got this basic sense of faith deep down inside of you. And it's out of a pure heart, a good conscience, faith unfeigned. But some have swerved. Some of your colleagues, some of your friends, some of your neighbors have swerved aside unto what he, Paul says, vain jangling <laughs> how's that for um some description that's uh the the phrase here means vain talking or empty talk another passage he talks about uh talks about having conversations uh, that that have basically no purpose and he's addressing timothy so i think that we're picking up on this sort of thread that apostle paul's trying to get a hold of timothy saying hey man Pay attention that, that you need to focus in. You don't need to be so distracted by philosophies and vain deceit. You don't need to allow all these influence and outside forces to, to, to uh, distort your sense of faith. Return to that pure conscience. Return to uh, that good heart, that pure heart, that good conscience, uh, your faith unfeigned. Hallelujah. We must, church, we must love, truly love. That's how the Bible teaches that others will know that we are his disciples. When we love with a pure heart, from a good conscience, with faith unfeigned. Not, not, uh, not coming in and, and uh, analyzing our brother or our sister or looking at one another uh, down our nose trying to, try, trying to discern whether, what, what are their ulterior motives. But there's a basic and a pure and a holy love between one another. Hallelujah. Amen. But he goes in and, and uh, that was just, that's for free, by the way, as, as Pastor likes to say. But, but Apostle Paul's coming in and saying, yeah, th this faith is unfaith. It's a genuine, it's a sincere, wholesome, and undisguised faith. When you don't love with a pure heart, when you don't love out of a good conscience, from, uh, when you love from feigned Faith, you turn to vain jangling, you, you turn to empty talk. There's no, there's no, uh, there's no sense of, of belief in what you're saying. It's empty, it's void, it's just words. 
Apostle Paul talked about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Amen. That, that, that we must have charity or we must have love. That if we don't have it, we become a sounding brass or tinkling cymbals. We're nothing more. Our words mean nothing more than just noises and sounds. Hallelujah. I mean, this is why we must have unfeigned faith. I'm not going to dwell too long on love, but I honestly felt uh, prompted to share that. It's important that we have love one toward another. A sincere, genuine brother. How are you doing? Brother, amen. Is there any way that I can help you? Is there any way that I can uh, pray for you? Is there something going on that I can help you for? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I submit to you. I, I feel like uh, there's a little bump there, so I'm going to just kind of dig in a little bit. Amen. There, there, we've, we tried to disguise our Christianity. We try to cover it up by this holy spiritualism. We try to cover it up by some kind of uh, egotistical righteousness that, that says, oh, look at me. I'm somebody special. I'm walking in the spirit. I'm doing this and that. But friend, if you don't have love in your heart for one another, if you come to church and you despise the one down the pew, Somebody hear me this morning. If you despise the one across the aisle from you or you think negatively about those, friend, you don't have faith. Hallelujah. I mean, your faith, I mean, is feigned. It's empty. It's void. It's not, oh, somebody hear me. It's not genuine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. But Paul mentions to Timothy that, that that's not you, Timothy. That, that's not who you are. You come from good stock. You've got a good background. You've got a good lineage. You've inherited something from your grandmother. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here this morning. I mean, you've inherited, I mean, this good nature, this heritage, this gift from your family. I don't know if it was just the way that Timothy was raised. I don't know if it was the, the values and the principles that Grandma Lois and Mama Lou, uh, Eunice, I mean, taught him. Perhaps it was. Perhaps it was the faithfulness to the house of God. Maybe it was their prayer life. I mean, I don't know what example they set for Timothy, but somehow they conveyed this unfeigned, this authentic, this undisguised, this genuine sense, my God, of faith. Hallelujah. That nobody could take away. And no matter how many, how many years passed over, no matter how many uh, issues and situations that Timothy ran into, it still resided deep within his heart. Amen. We're going somewhere this morning. Amen. But, but because of circumstance and because of situation, because this one did that, because that one did this, amen, that, that he began to suppress begin to disguise put on the cloaks amen that would cover his faith amen that would that would it would look amen he said the right words amen at the right time amen he clapped he stood and friend he was even in leadership hallelujah amen i don't have the time amen to read the entire book uh the, the in both of these books but let me just uh, read some phrases out of these scriptures amen brother josh i'm going to go through these relatively quickly but we will begin with second timothy chapter one we verse five we read this already when i call to remembrance 
the unfeigned faith that is in thee. I remembered it, Timothy. I was in prayer. I, you, you just have to let me be creative a little bit. I was praying and I was working on this epistle. And I remembered the unfeigned faith that is in thee. He didn't say it was in you. He didn't say, I remember when, the good old days. No, he said, Timothy, it's there. I know it's there. I, 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 I remember it being, I remember the evidence that you brought. There was such a zeal. There was such a hope. Amen. We read in our text, amen, that faith is a substance of things hoped for. Perhaps when the man of God, when Paul stood behind the pulpit and pastor preached, amen, his message said, we're going to have a revival. We're going to see many souls saved. Timothy was the first on his feet and he begins to preach, pastor, I believe it. I know what you're saying. I, I feel it in my heart. There was a genuine hope and desire within Timothy. Amen. To see what thus saith the word of the Lord came to pass. Amen. There was a faith in him unfeigned. Hallelujah. Amen. He said, but when I call to remembrance, now this is Paul remembering. Paul remembered the unfeigned faith that was in him. Which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice. And I am persuaded that in thee also. It's in you, Timothy. Verse 6, he says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God. Something's happened. Somehow, the Timothy that I remember is not the Timothy that I'm writing to right now. I, I remember, amen, the zeal. I remember. And so I'm putting you in remembrance. Timothy, go back. Don't forget. Hallelujah. Don't forget where God brought you from. Don't forget, amen, the gift that was placed in you. Don't forget those basic principles. Don't forget it. Which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Amen. Is it possible that Timothy had learned to feign the faith that was within him? I believe, I believe it's possible. Uh, this is pure conjecture on my part. Pastor has made it a rule that every time he comes to a, a statement where, where, where it's his opinion, he'll make it clear. And so I, I do the same this morning. This is purely my opinion. Amen. But I feel burdened this morning. Uh, amen. Perhaps for uh, more than just one this morning. Even if it's just for myself, uh, I believe the Lord wants to work with us this morning. Amen. That, uh, if we give a good reading of first and second, Timothy. Amen. It's clear that Apostle Paul, amen, keeps coming back over and over, amen, to the subject of a pure conscience, a pure heart, amen, living for God out of purity, amen, a genuine desire to please God. Timothy, go back. I want to remind you of those things. 1 Timothy 1 verse 4, this is where we're going to pick up and speed going through a number of these scriptures. Amen. Neither give heed to fables, he warns Timothy. 1 Timothy 1 and 5, out of a pure heart and of a good conscience. That was in 1 Timothy, not 2 Timothy. So he literally repeats the same words. 1 Timothy 1 and 9, holding faith and a good conscience. 1 Timothy 1.15, this is a faithful saying 
And if you're wondering, Timothy, it's worthy of all acceptation. 1 Timothy 2 and 7, I speak the truth in Christ and lie not. 1 Timothy 2 and 8, he says his statement emphatically, and then he concludes it by saying, without wrath and doubting. 1 Timothy 3 and 1, he goes, this is a true saying. 1 Timothy 3, 16, and without controversy. Hallelujah. 1 Timothy 4 and 6, nourished up in the words of faith and good doctrine. In verse Timothy 4, verse 9, nearing the end of the first book, says this is a faithful saying and reminds him again, still worthy of all acceptation. I don't know what was going on in Timothy's mind, what he was struggling with, but it's clear that Apostle Paul is trying to deal with something here. He was trying to repeatedly bear down on Timothy's. He, he, maybe he was, a, because he was a young minister, just getting started or taking on the responsibility of a church. I don't know where it was in his life, and, 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 but I know that he had the responsibility of churches on his, uh, on his plate. And, and so perhaps Paul is just saying, don't worry about the distractions. Don't worry about the other doctrines that are there. Don't worry about those outside forces. What you need to return to is that simple doctrine of faith don't try to complicate it church we try to complicate things too much come to church and, and we look well i didn't like the way that felt i don't like the way that sounded i don't like the way the the heat was too hot and, and, and things were too cold and, and this that, and the other and i'm just trying to remind us to, today amen there is a simple faith amen that's required an unfeigned undisguised amen sometimes hear me this morning morning sometimes we try to temper our faith with spiritualism or 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 let me say it this way professionalism and and we we i'm too i'm too mature for that i i can't respond that way because that's the way they expect me to respond and, and so on and so on and, and you insert all of the uh, the allegories for yourself here this morning amen but all i'm saying this morning and this is a saying that is worthy of all acceptation amen that you stir up the gift amen that is in you hallelujah first timothy chapter 4 14 in the first chapter i mean the first epistle he says neglect not the gift that's in thee which was given thee by prophecy the laying on of the hands of the presbytery it's there timothy don't neglect it don't forget it Remember it. When you, when you go to church, don't let, and in another passage of scripture, I, I think I have this later on, but he tells them, don't let anybody despise your youth. Just go in faith, boy. Just live for God. Just do what you know is right. Hallelujah. 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 I don't know if it was a spirit of, of, of this, the, you know, this complicating the matter and, and overthinking things 
uh, Timothy certainly uh, was in these interesting positions uh, of, of leadership and responsibility. And, and so he is having to learn the ropes. And Apostle Paul, I believe, was just giving him a clear direction. Amen. But what I want to tell you this morning, that if you begin, amen, with unfeigned faith. Amen. If you, begin, if you begin with feigned faith, if you begin to disguise it, begin to cover it up. Begin, I'm too good for that kind of church. I'm good, too good for that kind of response. I'm too good for this kind of, uh, for, for that old basic. Hey man, friend, listen to me. Back in the old days, they used to just go, hey man, underneath the trees and the Holy Ghost would meet them there. They'd roll around in the dust. Hey man, the glory of God would meet them there. Hey man, we don't need, hey man, elaborate sanctuaries and beautiful pews and carpeted floors. I'm grateful for the blessings of God. Hey man, but Timothy, stir up. That old gift of faith. Hallelujah. All of us know that faith is certainly a foundation to our walk with God. It's essential to even begin the journey. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We've all learned this lesson. We've all been there with Timothy. Amen. In the service, when the Holy Ghost is moving, when the glory of God is falling, amen, that we feel his presence come. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Something gets on the inside of us and we stand up in faith, Brother Jehim. And when the preacher says it, we say amen. And whenever the preacher bids us, we come and then we respond and God feeds, meets with us because he's a rewarder. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible teaches that every man is given a measure of faith. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. I mean, the Bible says in the final phrase of the scripture, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Amen. I it's clear throughout scripture that faith, amen, can be increased and certainly can be decreased. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 15, not boasting, amen, of things without our measure. That that is of other men's labors, but having hope when your faith is increased. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, friend. Are you struggling, amen, with having just, amen, a little bit of hope? Amen, are you, what you need is a fresh dose of faith. Stir it up, stir up that gift, amen, that's laying within you, amen, the measure that's been given, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost, amen, you wouldn't even be here if there wasn't some measure of faith, amen, you wouldn't even be on these pews this morning if you didn't have faith, my being to you this morning, it's just that we stir it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I understand. Hallelujah. This is where, amen, a majority of the burden came from. Amen. This morning and late last night, as I prepared for this service, was that I feel like it's possible. And I'm not pinning this on any one individual. Amen. I know that this is true for myself. And so I can generalize it uh, uh, pretty uh, confidently and know that it, it applies to more than just myself. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Amen. The temptations that we endure are common to every man, the scripture teaches us. Amen. And so I know, amen, that as you go on in your journey walking with God, amen, you begin with a strong sense of faith. You believe and you receive and you obey. When the man of God says repent, you say yes, sir. And when the man of God says be baptized in Jesus' name, amen, you run to the waters of baptism. And when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, it's just another affirmation of the faith that's within you. Hallelujah. Bear with me for just a moment. We're almost there. Hallelujah. Amen. But we get beyond that moment. And the enemy tries to attack us in one of the most uh, uh, prevalent ways, the most, uh, uh, one of the easiest ways, I think, for him to attack people is in their minds. And he begins to tell them lies and, and, and pervert their thoughts and, and, and distort what they hear and what they see and, and try to make them think things that are other than truth. Uh, amen. Let me tell you, every time the devil opens his mouth, it's a lie. Amen. The Bible tells us that he's the father of all lies. Hallelujah. In fact, there's not even a lie that that is run around this earth. Uh, amen. It wasn't conceived and birthed by uh, the devil. Hallelujah. Amen. So if you think something that's not true, amen, it's a lie and it's produced by the enemy. Hallelujah. Amen. But it's important, amen, that we take the time, amen, to increase our faith. When our faith is low, that we, amen, restore that hope. Amen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Amen. Go back and remember the promises that God gave you. Don't forget the hope, amen, that lieth within you. Amen. Of eternal, amen, life with him. Amen. If nothing else, amen, God's given us great hope Jude chapter 1 verse 20 says but ye beloved building up yourselves on your most holy faith praying in the Holy Ghost amen and the ultimate goal this is just a good way for us to build up our faith amen but friend the ultimate goal amen is for us amen to come into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ we shouldn't compare ourselves with one another amen he's got bigger faith than I do or she's more spiritual than I am amen the comparison ought to be the measure ought to be with Jesus Christ himself Ephesians chapter 4 verse 13 till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God unto a perfect man hallelujah amen does anybody know anybody that's perfect Yes, he is the only one. Amen. And to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We will never get there on this earth. We will never acquire enough faith. We'll never pray hard enough. We'll never increase our faith enough uh, to come into the measure of the fullness of Christ. Uh, amen. But friend, that's the metric. That's the comparison. That's the one to whom we want to be. That's the one to whom we must compare ourselves. Hallelujah. Until we get there, we have work to do. Hallelujah. Amen. Every one of us, amen, who have received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And if you don't have the Holy Ghost, let me tell you something. Amen. This is the kind of service that you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
Hallelujah. Amen. And all it requires is what I'm talking about this morning is a little bit of faith. Faith in a God who came to earth, who spilt his blood for your sins and for my sins so that we can live for him, so we can live an overcoming life. Amen. Not subject to the laws of sin, amen, but subject amen, to the laws of life. Hallelujah. Amen. But we begin with a strong faith because of other circumstances that enter our life. Fear. Amen. Doubt. Unbelief. Worry. So many things, Brother Hall. I could pass this mic around and there would be countless story after story. Probably plenty with one person. But... Needless to say, uh, with, with all of us together, amen, I don't think we would have enough time today to tell all of those times, amen, that our faith has been hurt. Amen, that, that we had to, uh, for one reason or another, defend ourselves and, and, and try to protect that faith that was given to us. And we, we, try to, we try to cover up. And I'm not going to do that again because, because last time it did it. Last time I stood on the limb, it broke. Last time I took that step of faith, uh, I tripped. Are you hearing me this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, faith requires risk. Faith requires you to take a step of faith. It requires you to go into that realm that's uncomfortable. It requires you, amen, to enter a place, amen, that, that your flesh, your, your, your natural, your natural doubt, doubting, reasoning mind would say, whoa, don't do that. That does not make sense. Don't, don't go there. They're going to laugh at you. Don't, don't do that. They're going to think this or that of you. Amen. And uh, and what and and I believe possibly now this is again my opinion conjecture, but I believe that's where Timothy got. I think Timothy, amen, in the early church began just working with this zeal, this raw sense of faith. And he had now faith. He had the ability to believe God. When the man of God speaks, I will latch on to it. And I believe it's going to happen. And I believe it's going to happen right now. Hallelujah. But, but time after time, he was, he, he received this punch in the spirit. He received that. And, and, and perhaps one time he stepped down on faith and, and fell and, or something else happened and, and somebody laughed at him or so, he heard, uh, uh, talk and rumors of somebody making fun of what he's done. And so he said, Oh, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna retreat. I'm gonna cover that up. I'm going to suppress it a little bit. Maybe next time I won't be as boisterous and I'll wait to see the result before I express my faith. Maybe I'll wait until somebody else starts to move and maybe that will corroborate what I'm feeling. And so then I will respond. Maybe I'll, I'll reserve this. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here this morning. Amen. Maybe I'll reserve amen, this feeling. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe what I'm feeling is off. Maybe what I'm thinking is, is, is just not right. And so let me, let me verify it. 
And we begin, amen, to suppress. We begin, amen, to cover it up. We begin, amen, to push it down and say, well, not this time. Not going to run the aisles this time. Not going to clap my hands this time. Not, gonna, uh, not going to uh, take that step this time because last time it was, it was too painful for him. It hurt a little bit. It, it began. And so over time, amen, Timothy, amen, leading an apostolic church in the New Testament, amen, perhaps seeing revival, perhaps seeing others pray through the gift of the Holy Ghost. He had enough, amen, to preach some into the altar. Had enough, amen, to repeat the message of salvation that Peter preached. Amen. But something somewhere, amen, began to cover up his faith. Hallelujah. Amen. There's a clinical psychologist, and I don't want to get too far down into this trail, but but bear with me for a second. I think there's something to be gleaned here. Amen. He made this statement. People start out naive. And he's just talking about general humanity, children. He's talking about primarily the, the subject is, is um, adolescents and teenagers. But he goes, people, or let's just insert the word young people, uh, start out naive. And, and then he goes, naive people are optimistic, which makes sense. But not really, because they're just naive. Naive people have no idea that there is malevolence or, or bad things in the world. They have no idea that there is malevolence in their own heart. They're sheltered. They're dependent. And when that breaks, it often breaks into cynicism. It begins with skepticism, and then it becomes cynicism. Then he goes on and says, cynicism is actually an improvement because you, you start out with naivete, and then you move into cynicism. And it's actually an improvement because the veils have fallen off of your eyes. But there's a problem with cynicism, especially when it's allied with a kind of arrogance. And... Um, it's that because it's if you have this coupling of both cynicism and arrogance, then you will feel like there that that's sufficient, that that's enough, and it becomes the end of any changes in your life. So you end there, and that's a big mistake. I'm still quoting. Sin. Uh, so so then. The question becomes: Once you have been bitten hard, he's talking about bitten hard by the cynicism bug, and you are no longer naive. He says, that is very hard on your optimism. So then the question is, how do you restore your optimism without reverting to naivete? Which is going to be difficult anyway, because uh, anyways, without b blinding yourself to the truth. He says, the answer to that is that you substitute your naivete with courage. And you regain your optimism as a moral imperative. I think there's some value there. It, it's not enough for us to just uh, criticize and analyze and come, come to certain conclusions. Amen. That is certainly a part of the maturation process of maturing, becoming 
more uh, developed and, and more, um, you know, just thinking through things a little bit. But, but if you stop there, who's to say that, that your conclusions are right? If you're not cynical about your own cynicism, there's, there's where the problem is. And so he said, he, 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 he stated that if what we need to do, so what do we do? Do we go back and just uh, go back and blind ourselves and become naive again? No, that, that's not the answer. Learn from what you know now. But go beyond cynicism and take on a little bit of courage and say, in spite of what I know, in spite of how I've been hurt here before, and oh, I, I do feel the, I feel the Holy Ghost trying to minister here this morning. That if if you, Amen, would just take that step one more time, you know what? You probably will slip again. It's possible, and your skepticism, your analysis, will tell you that. But if you take the step anyway, what is that? That's faith. Saying, yeah, I know what this got me last time. But I believe the result is greater than the pain. I believe that if I take this step anyway, I believe God over my sense of analysis, over my sense of skepticism, over my sense of cynicism, over my sense of doubt, over my sense of fear, over my sense of worry. Somebody hear me this morning. Yeah, it's worth the risk. You've got to be willing, amen, to take a step. Amen, listen to what I'm saying this morning. Amen, unbelief has two partners. It has first doubt and it has fear. Amen, but belief also has two partners. It's courage and it's faith. Amen, if you believe God, you've got to be willing, amen, to take on the cloak of courage and take a step out and say, I'm going to do it. Because he said, because I believe his word. His word is greater, amen, than what my imagination can produce. Amen, his word is greater. Amen, friend, that's why he gave us the grace that he gave us. Amen, let's give the Lord some praise this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. I'm preaching this morning to those of you, amen, who have experienced a prolonged period of time of covered up, disguised, feigned faith. And I want to see if we can get to a place this morning where it is no longer covered up, but we start digging a little bit this morning. And that in spite of what I see with my own eyes, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In spite of what I see or what I don't see. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to believe. I'm going to have the courage to trust God. I'm going, amen, to believe it. Faith. 
hallelujah cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God friend if you are struggling like I'm describing this morning amen I have a level of this this morning amen I was washed by the word late last evening as God basked me in his presence reminding me saying Jared you just have to believe amen you just gotta have enough courage to step out in faith hallelujah and I just want to remind the truth church this morning you're in the right place keep coming to the house of God amen faith comes by hearing hearing by the word of God if you can't even pray the prayer amen building up your most holy faith if you can't even pray in the Holy Ghost then make it to a place where you can hear from the Holy Ghost hallelujah hallelujah now is the time when you have surpassed cynicism when you have gone past your skepticism when you have gone beyond amen your your analysis now is the time to have faith hallelujah just like it was at the beginning amen just like it was on day one hallelujah hallelujah yeah you're older now yeah you've got some experience under your belt yeah some have hurt you i know i understand amen but now faith is a substance of does anybody have something that you can hope for I want to remind you of those things. I'm starting to feel the Holy Ghost trying to help us this morning. Amen. Does anybody have some things that, that you wish you could see, but, but because, uh, amen, of life and circumstance, uh, you can't see it? That's what your faith is for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can't see it, God. I can't feel it, God. I, I don't know where you are. Hallelujah. Amen. Try telling that to Job, uh, who was the one, uh, amen, turned down everything taken away from him. Uh, amen. Pain and sickness on his body. Uh, amen. But he says, when I, even in hell, God, I believe you're there. I know you're there. Hallelujah. You take me all the way down. Amen. You take me to the, the most difficult situations. Amen. But I believe still, even now, that God is on the throne. I still believe that God will sustain me, that he sees me where I'm at. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord speaking in Matthew chapter 11. He says, quite simply, answering, saith unto them, Jesus, answering, saith unto them, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Doesn't matter where you at, you're at. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter what you're... In fact, the story is an interesting story because Jesus is walking with the disciples. They pass a fig tree, and because the fig tree didn't produce fruit, the Lord cursed it, and it withered up and died. And that amazed the disciples. Like, wow, that's crazy. And then they come back and the Lord's hungry to the same fig tree. And the Lord's angry again. And the disciples are like, Jesus, you're the one that did this. And his response to them in that situation was, have faith in God. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. If, even if you do it to yourself, 
Even if you produce the situation that you find yourself in, there's still a reason to have faith in God. He goes on to say, you can tell a mountain, amen, get up and go into the next sea, amen, and it's going to happen. You've got to have that kind of faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. In verse 24, two scriptures later, Jesus goes on to say, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe. Have courage to believe. Have faith to believe that you will receive them and ye shall have them. When you pray, believe. Don't just pray. Don't just go through the motions. Don't just, don't just um, do it out of obligation. But when you pray, put some faith in it. Don't just whisper, now I lay me down to sleep. Pray the Lord my soul to keep. Don't just follow the Pentecostal rote of ages and, and, and come to church. Oh, God, we need you, God. Oh, God, we need. No, that, that's not praying. Praying is, requires faith. Praying requires you to take a step of faith and courage and say, God, I need you in this situation. I don't see how. Amen. I don't see why I'm even here. But, God, I believe that you're able. Hallelujah. Let's talk to the Lord for a moment this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody. Let's just entertain the presence of the Lord if we can. Hallelujah. God, increase our faith. Hallelujah. I want to pray, Lord, building up our most holy faith. God, strengthen your people today. I pray, remind them, stir up, God, the gift that lies within each and every one. God, you know, amen, where you want them. God, you know what you need them for. Hallelujah, church. God designed, amen, this thing so that he is dependent on you and I. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you believe that you're a chosen child of God? Do you believe that you're a necessary part, amen, of what God is doing? Hallelujah. 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 Wait on the Lord. Psalm 27 verse 14. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait I say on the Lord. Amen. Sister Tori if you could come this morning. Psalm 31 verse 24. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. All ye that hope in the Lord. Amen. You put your hope in the banker. You put your hope in the doctor. You put your hope in your boss. Amen. You put your hope in your parents. You put your hope, amen, in a friend or a brother, amen, or a confidant. And let me tell you, they're going to let you down. Amen. But friend, let me tell you the one in whom you can put your hope and he'll never. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Ooh. 
Hallelujah. I've got a lot more here, but I want to, amen, I want to draw this to a conclusion this morning. Hallelujah. I mean, the woman with the issue of blood tells us and reveals to us an interesting thing. The phrase, thy faith hath made thee whole, appears five times in Scripture. I believe three of those times is associated with the different accounts of the woman with the issue of blood. And if you do a study on the word whole, the word actually means saved. So not only was the woman healed in this passage of scripture, but the Bible, that word means saved. That word whole is used for in another circumstance when the Lord healed the man with the palsy and he came down through the roof and the Lord spoke to him thy sins be forgiven thee and he was whole made whole from that very hour that man was saved through that miracle well the same thing is true for the woman with the issue of blood but the Bible accounts it makes writes it up it wasn't anything complicated it wasn't, it didn't take her to do spiritual calisthenics or sing a song with the right harmony and key and notes. And, nope. Bible says, thy faith made thee whole. That's Mark chapter, let me just read Mark chapter 5 verse 34. He said to her daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and behold thy plague. In other passage, in the other two accounts, Matthew 9, 22, the Lord says, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. In the same way, in Luke chapter 8, verse 48, the Bible tells us, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Yet under the nature of this condition this woman was in put her in a position where she was not authorized to be in contact with other humans she was required to be separated and by her very presence her very touch she would defile and make others unclean according to the Jewish tradition but do you remember what the woman said if I may but touch the hem of his garment this woman's faith superseded every tradition that she was taught as a child she had such a zeal and I would like to insert that she had courage we can read in Luke chapter 8 verse 46 Jesus said somebody had touched me now Imagine what was going through that woman's mind when Jesus said, whoa, somebody touched me. And she's thinking, wow, wait until they figure out who it is. I'm the one that shouldn't be touching anybody. I'm the one that if I touch, they become unclean and they have to go and wash and be separate for seven days. I am the one that touched him. 
And so you notice in verse 47, the Bible says, when the woman saw that she was not hid, she was trying to hide, but she was not hid, the Bible says that she came trembling. God. I think we're getting a little snapshot into the mind of this poor lady before the healing ever came. Are you kidding me? I'm not going to go through that crowd. I'm going to defile every person I bump against. I'm going to, every person I touch has got to go home. Amen. But she's, she says, but he's the one that if I could touch him, I touch these others. Amen. They become sick and they become, they become defiled and they become, but if I could touch him, not do, I don't make him unclean. I become clean. I become pure. It's a pure conscience. It's a good heart. Amen. It's a great desire. Amen. Within this, amen. I, I believe that day, amen, courage welled up within that young lady. Amen. Or, or I don't know how old she was. She's been diseased for 12 years, but however long, amen, she had the problem. Amen. However long, however old she was, amen, courage entered into her heart. She said, I want Jesus. I don't care what you think about me. I don't care what you think about me. I don't care what you see. I don't care what you feel. I know what I need. I need to be cleansed. I need to be made holy. I need God's touch in my life. And if he won't come by me, Hallelujah. I think too often we come to church and we expect the Lord to bump us out of the pew and say, why don't you get up? No. If he required it of the poor woman with the issue of blood to go against all of tradition. Woman, forget about what people think about you. Forget about all the things. Do you believe me? Do you have enough courage? And do you have enough faith? Somebody hear me this morning. Come on, let's all stand together. Hallelujah. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance. Perhaps you walked with God at one time. Perhaps you remember those days when you were a teenager and you felt the glory of God wash over you. Perhaps life and circumstance has caused you to say, well, yeah, that was great. But I can't have that anymore. That must have been a childhood fantasy. That must have been something that I was over engineering in my adolescent mind. I feel like I'm talking to somebody this morning. That must have been something that was all in my imagination. I'm here to tell you the Lord is in this place. And if you will, just touch him. He'll reach down and bring out that old gift of faith 
and say, hey, here it is. You remember this? <laughs> hey, do you remember when I healed your mother, when I touched your brother, when I called you? Oh, how do, do you remember that time when I touched you? Amen. I can do it again. I can do it right now. Amen. These altars are open this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I see in this congregation a great number of people who have great faith. Unfeigned faith. Sincere. Out of a good heart. Out of a pure conscience. Faith. 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 The kind of faith that will cause the disease to be healed. Timothy, I want you to remember that unfeigned faith. Stir up the gift, Timothy. Stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't let anybody despise you. Don't let anybody despise you. You be the example of what the believers ought to be in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Hallelujah.